Coming up, Russell Wilson gets his team back on track and Aaron Rodgers, well, doesn't. This is Locked On Game to Game NFL. Every game, every team, every angle. Locked On Game to Game, your team every day. You're listening to Locked On Game to Game NFL, local experts taking you from game to game in week eight of the NFL season. I'm your host, Jordan Black, and thank you for making Locked On your first listen every weekday. The NFL returned to London this weekend with the Jaguars and Broncos facing off. The in-flight workouts paid off for Russell Wilson, and our hosts at Locked On Broncos and Jags go over a much-needed win for Denver. The Denver Broncos get a much-needed victory heading into the bye week at 3-5 after a big-time win over the Jacksonville Jaguars with a valiant fourth-quarter effort by Russell Wilson, the Broncos offense, Kwan Williams, and the Broncos defense. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos, and taking a look at the outcome of this game for this Broncos team. So many questions for them heading into this matchup. Uncertainty about the future of coaches, of players with the NFL trade deadline looming. Russell Wilson, the Broncos offense, got things going in the fourth quarter with a big time 49-yard catch and run by K.J. Hamler, capped off by a rushing touchdown by Latavius Murray. Denver's defense and George Payton's free agency signings of Kwan Williams, Alex Singleton, DJ Jones have been especially big for this Broncos team. Now they go into the bye week at 3-5. and five. Does this change things with potential trade offers for various players who were listed as having interest from other NFL teams? Make sure you check out Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format or whether you watch on YouTube for more. It's yet another one score loss for Jacksonville. In London, as they lose to the Denver Broncos, 21-17. to 17. Can't get out of their own way, man. They create messes for themselves, and they just keep stepping in it. Trevor Lawrence threw another interception when the team was trying to score from the one-yard line. Um, it's time that we realize that maybe he is not elite, and the only way they're ever going to win with him making those kind of plays is they have to really, really build – the entire roster up. Travis Etienne was a breath of fresh air with 156 yards rushing on uh, just his third start in the National Football League. But they're two and six, and all enthusiasm for this franchise is now gone, and folks are starting to look towards the future. 21-17 lost to Denver. The Jags fall to two and six, and it's going to get worse before it gets any better. A thrilling fourth quarter followed by an overtime game-winning field goal made the Falcons win over the Panthers the most exciting game of the day. Our Locked On Falcons host tells you how Atlanta pushed through to beat Carolina. It was an absolute wild one, but the Falcons escape with a 37-34 overtime win over the Panthers. I'm Aaron Freeman with Locked On Falcons. There were so many momentum shifts in the closing minutes of this game. You had the Panthers taking a 28-24 lead with three minutes to go, but then Demir Bird for the Falcons comes up big with a 47-yard touchdown, giving the Falcons a three-point lead with two minutes left to go. The Panthers turn it over on downs, and the Falcons get a field goal from Youngway Koo to push their lead to six points with just 36 le seconds left in the game. You think it's over, but of course, it's the Falcons and a Falcon, and they let DJ Moore get behind the defense for a 62-yard touchdown, but Moore in the celebrating this what seemed to be the game-winning touchdown in the closing seconds, takes off his helmet, backs up the extra point. Eddie Pinheiro, the Panthers kicker, misses it, and we're going into overtime with the game tied 34-34. Mariota then throws an interception on the opening drive of overtime, sets up a game-winning chip shot from Pinheiro from 33 yards, and he, again, he misses it. Wide left, 
Falcons take over. Mariota gets his redemption with a 30-yard scramble to set up Koo for the game winner, and Koo hits it from 41 yards out. The last 11 minutes of this game featured two teams doing their best to try to give this one away, but the Falcons managed to somehow walk away with the win thanks to their clutch kicking and the failed clutch kicking on Carolina's part. For more coverage of this wild game, follow Locked On Falcons, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With Ezekiel Elliott out, Tony Pollard stepped in and took over for the Cowboys in their win over the Bears on Sunday. Dallas keeps pace with the Eagles in the division now, and Locked On Cowboys tells you all you need to know about the win. The Dallas Cowboys win big 49-29 to to head it to 6-2 as they go into their bye week. Hi, I'm Landon McCool the Locked On Cowboys podcast, and after a fantastic early performance by the Cowboys offense, which saw them scoring touchdowns on their first four possessions, and despite giving up almost 250 yards rushing on the ground to the Chicago Bears, the Cowboys win in handed fashion, including getting a defensive touchdown from Micah Parsons, who is making a strong case for defensive player of the year. So what does this mean for the Cowboys? The offense suddenly is able to convert third downs. They go into their bye week at 6-2, and two, an opportunity to get a little bit healthy. They did have some players banged up on defense, including all three of their three-headed monster at safety. But now with the bye week coming up, they have an opportunity to rest as they head into the the bulk of their schedule uh, and a run towards uh, hopefully another playoff appearance for more on the dallas cowboys make sure you check out the locked on cowboys podcast and all the podcasts on the locked on network your team every day coming up geno smith keeps winning and the vikings open up a big nfc north lead this is locked on game to game nfl we all know how important it is to keep our homes safe, and that's where Simply Safe comes in with 24-7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe's agent call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, or door. They've got HD cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. So you can customize your perfect home system in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Locked On Game to Game NFL. I'm your host, Jordan Black. Thank you so much for making Locked On your first listen every single weekday. The Vikings needed 34 points to beat a Cardinals team that has found its offense for the first time in a few weeks on Sunday. Minnesota now sits four games clear of the rest of the NFC North, and your hosts with the Locked On Vikings and Cardinals tell you how it all went down. Your Minnesota Vikings are 6-1, best start since 2009, tied with that 2009 start, by the way, if they can beat the Commanders, that'll be the best start since, I think, 92? Excellent, excellent, excellent start from the Minnesota Vikings going 6-1, and one, beating the Arizona Cardinals 34-26. to 26. I am Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. You can find the Locked on Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows. It was the realest feeling win, I think, since week one. We've had a lot of weird games, double doinks, and... Bears comebacks and stuff that felt like they kind of were getting away with not being really that good. And I think once the dust settles on this Cardinals game, there's still stuff that the Vikings need to work on, of course. But it really feels like they were the better team. 
and like winning by eight points was the appropriate outcome. It felt like they outplayed the Cardinals by eight points. They didn't blow them out. The Cardinals had lots of their own great moments and the Vikings made lots of mistakes, but all in all, two minute drill, Kyler Murray with the ball, no timeouts in two minutes. This is the kind of thing that the Vikings collapsed on all the time. And the Cardinals are committing blindside block penalties and struggling to get their communication on the same page. Kyler Murray throws two picks and there is a punt muff turnover, a couple of gifts from the Cardinals. But that's the way these games go. The Vikings didn't make those mistakes and the Cardinals did. Not making the mistakes is the same thing as making good plays, if you ask me. Um... Got to keep those mistakes to a minimum. I should also also mention the Darius Smith game. I think he ends up with three sacks on the day, depending on how you count a couple of the ones at the end, maybe three and a half. Um, phenomenal day for Zadarius Smith. Kind of overshadowing great days everywhere else on the on the defensive line. Daniel Hunter had a huge impact. DJ Wanham was in a bunch of plays. Patrick Jones was in a bunch of plays. Rotational guys got in there. Really great stuff all over the place. Vikings win, and they are six and one rooting for the Bills to beat the Packers. The Arizona Cardinals made too many mistakes to come out victorious in Minnesota today as they fall 34-26 to the now 6-1 Minnesota Vikings. I'm Alex Clancy with Locked On Cardinals. This loss reeks of institutional failure when it comes to leadership. I'm 100% calling for Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury to be fired tonight. Yes. Kyler Murray threw two interceptions. Yes, Greg Dorch muffed a punt that turned into a touchdown. But what we're seeing is just another example of the lack of leadership from the coaching staff as the head coach and front office that is putting these extremely talented players in no-win situations. The Arizona Cardinals are broken, and until Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury are no longer here, I don't see it getting any better. To check me out, for all the Arizona Cardinals news you can handle, Monday through Friday on Lockdown Cardinals, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The Saints defense shut down the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. New Orleans didn't let Vegas even get past midfield until the two-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Lockdown Saints tells you how they were so dominant. The New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara, the young stars, they get the win that they so desperately needed in a statement shutout victory against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast. The New Orleans Saints with a shutout victory against the Las Vegas Raiders right here in the Caesar Superdome, getting the win that everyone has been waiting for. Three phases, complete game, 60 minutes Offense was churning both in the run game, also able to throw the ball when necessary. Alvin Kamara, three touchdowns, his first touchdown in the season, and then now ends up with a hat trick on the day. Young stars like Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor, Peyton Turner, and Pete Werner on the defensive side, all making their presence known and making sure that the New Orleans Saints didn't allow a single point to hit the scoreboard. Each one of those four players, by the way, under the age of 24 years old. The New Orleans Saints are on their way. If they can continue to prove this type of consistency week in and week out throughout the rest of the season to show you that the future is not only bright in the short term, but bright in the long term with these young players making plays. For more on this win and what's next for the New Orleans Saints, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Saints podcast, free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It wasn't that long ago that picking a winner in a Jets-Patriots game was easy, but New England had to earn this one on the road. 
Locked on Pats tells you how Mac Jones managed to gain ground on New York in the division with the win. The New England Patriots continue to be the bane of the existence for the New York Jets as New England improves to 4-4 four and four with a solid and steady road victory in the Meadowlands. I'm Mike DeBate, host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, and starting quarterback Mac Jones quelled any lingering concerns over his health, completing 24 of 35 passes, 194 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Mac goes the distance in this one, but the Patriots called a conservative game for him, maybe even a little bit too conservative. Might have even been to his disadvantage, but running back Ramondre Stevenson, definitely the complimentary runner that the Patriots have been looking for. He's the lead back, folks, no question about it. Finished the contest 71 yards on 16 carries. Really was the catalyst on a lot of big drives for New England. Defensively, the Patriots goaded Jets quarterback Zach Wilson into three interceptions. Even though Zach passed for 355 yards, New England hangs on to earn the 27-17 victory over the Jets on Sunday afternoon at MetLife Stadium. And that is their 13th straight victory over the New York Jets, folks. Kevin McCourty, the star on defense, six total tackles, two interceptions of Zach Wilson, and you got to give some love to Nick Falk. A point machine for New England, 15 of the 22 came on his leg, a perfect five for five from field goals, and Nick continues to be one of the most valuable players on this roster. Also, little love to Bill Belichick, now second all-time on the list of winningest coaches, passing George Hallis, who sat at 324, Bill is now in second place with 325, just 22 behind Don Shula at 347 and the record. Folks, we're going to be breaking this one down every which way but loose starting tomorrow here on Locked on Patriots when my man Murph and I break down the Patriots' win, including what happened with Mac Jones. Did he do enough to earn the job back or just enough not to lose it? We'll answer all of those questions and more on the Locked on Patriots podcast this week. Be sure to stay tuned, download, subscribe to, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Patriots is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A.J. Brown hauled in three touchdown passes, and the Eagles stayed unbeaten with a win over the Steelers. Philly's still looking like the best team in football now. The Locked On hosts with the Eagles and Steelers go over both sides of a strong performance in Philadelphia. It was a record-setting day in Lincoln Financial Field as the Philadelphia Eagles moved to 7-0 for the first time since the 2004 Super Bowl season. Jalen Hurts becomes the all-time leader in Philadelphia Eagles regular season wins in a row with 10 wins in a row for Jalen at quarterback. A.J. Brown with a dominant performance, three touchdowns, all coming over 25 yards today. Jalen Hurts ends the day with four touchdown passes. Miles Sanders gets the fifth Eagles touchdown with a run on the ground. The Eagles defense with a dominant performance. They only allowed the Steelers to go one for 12 on third downs today. The Pittsburgh Steelers have not won in Lincoln Financial Field since 1965. A historic day for the Birds as they are on a short week where they will take on the Houston Texans. Let's go Phils as they take on the Astros. The Philadelphia Eagles are 7-0. Tune in to the post-game recap show with Lou and I over at Locked On Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. The Pittsburgh Steelers lose another one, 35-13 against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles move on to 7-0. The Steelers move down to 2-6 heading into the bye. 
There were some chances early on, but the Steelers never got a hold of him. Even Minka Fitzpatrick missing a jump ball opportunity, which was completely uncharacteristic of him. A.J. Brown goes to town on the Steelers defense with three touchdown receptions. Jalen Hurts, four touchdown passes. And it just continues the descent the Steelers have been on this season. Sure, T.J. Watt does return after the bye week. But at 2-6, and six, the Steelers face a steep uphill battle for the rest of the season. It was an, it was a game where nothing really clicked at, at you know as 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 a, as a whole. Kenny Pickett at times looked like he read the field and made sharp decisions. Other times, missing wide open guys all over the place, and that's the inconsistency that has trailed the Steelers much this season. He finished the game twenty five of thirty eight, one hundred ninety one passing yards, no touchdowns, and another interception. Uh, the only touchdown pass came from Chase Claypool on a uh, jet sweep pass. And now the Steelers have a lot of questions going into this, going into the break. They get a chance to recover, get more people back healthy, maybe Demonte KZ. Uh, but you have a lot of questions. What do you do for the rest of the season? Rest of the season, this is an opportunity for the Steelers to get a high draft pick. I don't ever see them folding, but in this situation, you're looking at man, could you battle back and make this a heck a heck of a season, or are they going to fall down? And for the for Mike Tomlin's first losing season, they only need three more losses this season for that to occur. There's a lot to break down defensive mistakes, offensive mistakes. Uh, the defense definitely getting bullied out there. There were times they stood up, but ultimately Jalen hurts was just too sharp of a quarterback. It's the second time that we've seen the Steelers defense get pushed around like this. And that was against the Buffalo bills as well. Maybe the Steelers defense gets better with TJ Watt. Maybe they maybe, well, there's not a maybe they will there, but the question is, can they get better enough to the point that can mask up the Steelers offense that continues to be to, to, to be very bad to terrible. Kenny Pickett at times there, were, I think that he was able to keep plays alive. And there were a couple times I thought he made good, strong reads, but there were other times he made huge mistakes, missing open guys, not taking the guy, things that were there and setting up his offense in, in poor situations. This is what the Steelers need to do is to continue to develop him. He's a rookie. He's going to he's going to have a hard part. But that was the end of the gauntlet that we talked about that the Steelers were going to have heading into the bye week. The Steelers go, went, went into that gauntlet facing four teams. A lot of people didn't expect them to beat. They finished that stretch one and three. Now we have to see if they rebound. They get the Saints who played very strong against the Raiders on on, uh, on Sunday. We'll see all, how all that plays out. But there's a lot more to break down tape. Things that are going right, things that are going wrong. No, there's not much going right. So we'll, we could we could skip that part. We'll talk more about it on the full episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stay tuned. We'll have a lot more right here on this channel. The Titans won on the road against a division opponent, and Derrick Henry set a team record. All of that made it a pretty fun day for our Locked On Titans host, while Locked On Texans reviews Houston's fifth loss in six games. Derrick Henry becomes the all-time leader in touchdowns scored in Tennessee Titans history as the Titans run all over the Houston Texans en route to a 17-10 victory. My name's Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked on Titans podcast. Derrick Henry does it again. Derrick Henry goes for over 200 yards and has two rushing touchdowns. He's done that six times in his career, four times have been against the Houston Texans, and that actually is the most 200-yard rushing games with two rushing touchdown performances in NFL history. So Derrick Henry just seems to own the Houston Texans, but the Titans' defense stepped up in a major way as well, limiting the Houston Texans to nothing really other than that pity touchdown late in garbage time. The Titans have won five games in a row, have a complete stranglehold on the AFC South, and have a big game on Sunday night football next week against the Kansas City Chiefs. For more analysis, check out the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Locked on Titans, it's your team every day.
The Houston Texans took on the Tennessee Titans, but nobody told the offense to show up to the game as the Houston Texans loses at home 17-10. I'm John Hickman of the Locked On Texans podcast. While rookie quarterback Malik Davis had a pedestrian game in his first start, Derrick Henry ran wild over the Houston Texans for 219 yards and two TDs. While Henry ran wild, Damian Pierce rushed for under 40 yards for his second time this season. The Tennessee Titans front four was too much for the Houston Texans offensive line to handle. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons and those boys really made it very difficult for an offensive line that was hampered with injury to really create a push and protect Davis Mills. And speaking of Davis Mills, he was virtually unplayable. Um, the story of the game for Houston is the inability to sustain drives and create separation. Offensively, they lacked effort from the offense and overall poor play, whether they had been from the players or play calling. Be sure to listen to the Locked On Texans throughout the week for all of your Houston Texans updates. The Colts took a one-point lead into the fourth quarter, but ended up with a one-point loss at home against the Commanders. The hosts for both teams take you through how Washington came back in the fourth quarter. The Indianapolis Colts have dropped yet another game here in this 2022 season as they fall 17-16 to the Washington Commanders at home. Uh, this is Zach Hicks of the Locked On Colts podcast, and uh, yeah, it has not been a great season for us Colts fans here. And and uh, this Sunday and this this game that just happened is just another example of that. Uh, another game where this Colts offense, despite some decent play from new quarterback Sam Ellinger, uh, just could not get it going and only scored 16 points against a defense that you know they should have probably put up more points against. Uh, the Colts defense played well for a majority of the game, but they just could not get it done on that last drive as the commanders went right down the field and scored. So uh, yeah, guys, uh, this is, this is the state of the Colts right now. This is kind of what we're dealing with and it's probably going to be a lot more ugly going forward. So if you guys want to keep checking in on all this ugliness, that is the Colts, make sure you keep tuning into the locked on Colts podcast as we cover the Indianapolis Colts and everything that's going on this season. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. All right, Commanders fans, winners of three in a row are the Washington Commanders. They go to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis and beat the Indianapolis Colts 17-16. to That means Dan Snyder gets the last laugh, at least for now, on Jim Ursay. How did they get it done? Well, very simply, after a terrible Taylor Heineke turnover early in the fourth quarter, Joey Sly with a 28-yard field goal after Heineke led the Commanders on a long 12-play drive in which the offense finally got cranking, and they made it 16-10. And the most important part of that was obviously keeping it not only a one-score game, but less than a one-score game so that if the Commanders scored a touchdown, they would win. And that's exactly what they did. Heineke took over uh, with a little bit more than two minutes left to go. Three timeouts, led the commanders all the way down the field, starting at the Washington 11 after the defense got them the ball back on a punt and converted on a huge fourth down. Heineke scrambling around, avoiding a sack, avoiding disaster, completing it to Curtis Samuel, and then hit a big one to Cam Sims, and then another big one on really what was a wild throw to Terry McLaurin, the hometown kid who comes back and makes a huge catch over Stephon Gilmore, and then Heineke punches it in for the one-yard touchdown, slide the extra point, and that was the winning march in 17-16, the final. David Harrison is at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. We will have a full live edition for our Sunday night, Monday uh, edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. For Locked On Now, I'm Chris Russell.
The Geno Smith hype train keeps going strong as the Seahawks knocked off the Giants in Seattle Sunday. Our host with Locked on Giants explains what led to New York's second loss of the season. New York Giants' fourth quarter magic finally ran out, at least for this week, as they fell 27-13 to the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, everybody, I'm Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast, and the New York Giants, who suffered their second loss of the 2022 season, never really had a chance in this one for numerous reasons. We can start with the 10 points that the Seahawks scored off of two fumble punts by Richie James that set up the Seahawks with a short field as being one of the huge culprits in this game. But we also have to look at yet another suckish start by the Giants' offense, who, in the first half of the game, managed just 46 net yards, 17 of which came in the passing game. The Giants also converted just one of six third down attempts in the first half. Their only touchdown of the day, in fact, happened when the defense, cornerback Adoree Jackson, forced and recovered a turnover to set the Giants up three yards from payday. The Giants now go into their bye week with some tough decisions to make. With Dallas and Philadelphia having won their respective games, the Giants, if they want to keep pace, desperately need to add a playmaking receiver. And if they're going to do so via trade, they have until 4 p.m. November 1st. If we're being realistic, the Giants aren't a receiver away from making a run for the NFC title or more. Still, there's decisions to be made as to just how far general manager Joe Shane and head coach Brian Dable think this team is from being a legitimate contender this year. New York is next in action on November 13th when they host the Houston Texans at MetLife Stadium. By then, they will hopefully get back some of their injured players, regroup, and make the necessary tweaks to where they can start games a lot quicker than they have so far in the first half of the season. For more on the New York Giants, keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. That's all for today on Locked On Game to Game NFL. Thank you for making Locked On your first listen every weekday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast for more football coverage every day of the week. I'm Jordan Black, and this has been Locked On Game to Game.